This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. And welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Hullatow, and this week I'm joined by a guest co-host, Sam Wikes. He's, he's a media guru. He's, he's, he's one of the hosts of an award-winning show, uh, That Pacific Sports Show. Uh, he's also got some other things on the go. But Sam, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Dean, what an intro. I appreciate that, mate. My Lord of Lee, Bulavanaka to everyone out there. But um, yes, I've got to fill in for Sarah one more time, so I appreciate the call-up. Um, but everything's going well at the moment. Busy, as you said, our award-winning That Pacific Sports Show. When I went to Fiji the other day, I got absolutely mobbed at the airport. Yeah, of course, yes, yes. No, nah, I didn't. I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know they wanted to, but um, they held back. But no, and then, yes. Yeah, hopefully, there's another radio show about just to, to compliment this beautiful show. So um, on we'll, the rise. We'll get into that in a minute. Obviously, Sarah's uh, over oh. in New Zealand. She's working with. Uh, she's sorry. She's playing um, with Matatu in the Super Rugby Opiki. So uh, she's going to focus, put her head down, and focus on that for the next couple of weeks. But it's great to have you in. Uh, what have we got on the show today, Sam? Uh, this week on the show, plenty to get through. Uh, we'll chat with the Fijian draw lock, Ratu Leone Rotui Solia, um, after their big win against the Crusaders. Things get a little bit painful in You Can Ask That. Plus, we'll catch up with our reporter on the ground in PNG, Peter Pasol. Well, let's go back to your uni radio show. You've got plenty going on, as you said, but uh, tell us, our listeners, a little bit about what you've got in the pipeline with uh, radio. Yeah, uh, it's, it's popped up um, just not too long ago. It's called Nisian Footy. I'll be joined by Tinera Arona. I'm trying to get it out there. I used to just know him as T, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cook Island International, played for the Sharkies, uh, played for the Roosters as well, and, and spent his time in England with uh, Wakefield. Um, yeah, it's called Nisian Footy, and we'll be bouncing off each other for rugby union and rugby league content and uh, hopefully catching up with a few stars overseas as well and just sort of what it's like for... Pacific Islanders uh, moving abroad and, and living abroad overseas and, and applying their trade uh, in both codes, but also what's happening here in Australia as well. Oh, I'm sure it'll be a good listening. Oh, I'm looking forward to, to get into that when it comes out. Um, and we'll keep our listeners informed about how you can uh, listen to that show. Uh, our top story for this week. Now, this one is something that happened here in Australia, but it involves a New Zealand sprinter, Zoe Hobbs. She uh, broke the 100-meter record. Um, she ran it under, under 11 seconds, so 10.97, uh, which is... Lightning quick. It happened at Sydney at Homebush at the um, International Athletics track there, but pretty pretty impressive speed and performance by Zoe Hobbs. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Kiwis um, winning <laughs> here in Australia, especially at Sydney Olympic Park. Uh, plenty of um, letters of losses there for the uh, for the Wallabies, but very impressive. Um, I tell you what, I could never get that fast at all. Um, but it's, it's really good. It's actually really good to see. Like that, like she's just come in, absolutely dominated, and and broke that eleven second barrier. I'm pretty sure it's the fastest here uh, in Sydney at that track. So yeah, very impressive. Yeah, on foreign territory, as you, as you say, it's it's pretty impressive. What what is your best one hundred meter time, Sammy? I I didn't get that far. I wish it was the forty meter sprint when we're coming through. It's pretty sad. No, I think coming through at school was like. Oh, I'm a bit embarrassed to say it. <laughs> I think it's about 14 seconds. I think uh, 14 seconds is passable. You're a forward, so it's a pass. What, what about yourself? Good. What about yourself? Uh, 12 something, I'd say. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing here, so I'm maybe adding or taking a few seconds off. What about but, as you got older? Like, did you? I feel, I feel like I'm faster now when I run, but I know I'm not. <laughs> good techers, though, it always makes you look faster. <laughs> anyway, let's get into some rugby news. You're the man to cover rugby. Super rugby, Opiki um, took place on the weekend. Yeah, it did. Um, we've just seen the Hurricanes. Versus the Blues and the women there, the the Blues got up over the Hurricanes, thirty one to twenty two. Uh, 
Sarah's Matsu team didn't quite get the chocolates against the Chiefs. Uh, it was that 46 to 30, Ooh, 38. High game. Yeah, high scoring. I feel like that's been the uh, keeping an eye out on some of those games. It's entertaining to watch. They actually throw it around. Like it's, it is genuine New Zealand footy. Sometimes you think it's probably not going to be the same as probably the men's game, but it genuinely is. They throw the ball around, quick ruck speed. And that's why you, you, we always see some high scoring games over there. Yeah, and it's not, they're not. They're not blowouts like as in one team just takes it off for another team like by 30, 40 points. They're like both teams, 46 to 38. That's, exactly. Um, good scoreline, good entertaining rugby, as you say. Now, that was round three, and it wraps up all the regular season rounds or the round-robin matches for the Super Rugby Opiki. They move into semifinals this week, so we'll bring our listeners all the results of that next week. Fingers crossed, um, obviously, for Sarah and Matatu, see what they can do. Uh, over to uh, Super Rugby Pacific, Sammy, and uh, you got to move around a bit on the weekend to cover some games, but uh, big, big weekend in Super Rugby. Yes, yeah, the main focus was the Fijian Drua getting over 11-time champions, Crusaders. I was fortunate enough to be in the commentary box over there in, in Latoka in Fiji. And I'll tell you what, like the, the crowd in Fiji is next level. Like there was there was only probably eight and a half, nine thousand people, or maybe sorry about yeah, about ten thousand people at the ground, but the noise was honestly equivalent to about sixty thousand people. Like they were going off, jumping up and down as their team won. And to be honest, even though the All Blacks, I mean the Crusaders left about eight All Blacks at home, they had to blood a few new players because of the resting period being a World Cup year. They still had plenty of experience. There was Scott Barrett's 100th um, Super Rugby game, and they spoiled the party for him uh, over there. And the only thing that really kept them in the game was their more tries. But across the park, it was pretty even. And, yeah, the Drua boys it was celebrated after the game. It was like a like on the scenes on the ground. It was almost like a grand final. Did we see any uh, breakdancing? Because we know with the Crusaders, whenever they win their, their titles, their coach Scott, Scott Robertson gets up and does – his little moves. Anyone throw back at him from the? Uh, from oh, the I do right now. He wasn't happy in the press conference. Ooh. Like he was holding it together um, in there. It was a funny one because he was actually genuinely happy that it was an experience and he was happy for the the country of Fiji and and the people of Fiji to celebrate. But when it came to analysing his team after it, he just he was pretty blunt in in the way he sort of went about it. And um, I think it's going to be a tough week for the Crusaders this week in preparation. Well, uh, I'm sure they'll have a hard week of training and get ready for next week. Uh, the other match that you want to highlight, ACT Brumbies versus the Reds. Yeah, the, the Brumbies, they're three from three. Uh, so far, they're, they're the top of the Australian pick and they're doing pretty well. Um, and that, that game against the Reds, it's always a grudge match that when those two go at each other. But uh, I think the you know guys like Stephen Larkham, the coach, um, and Laurie Fisher, who's a, the other, the forwards coach, they've got a good mix. And Seeing guys like Lolo Seal, he's coming back in. Um, he, he was sharing that role there with Jack DeBassini. Um, Lenny Kittel's going really well for him. I know Alan told didn't play this week, but he's just leading. They've just got a good mix of players at the moment, and they're just doing what they normally do best and just go slip under the radar, play, be the underdogs, and, and get the job done. It sounds like it's a lot more even competition this year, Super Rugby Pacific. Like, there was always, we've always, Sarah and I have always tossed up about the fact that um, the New Zealand boys, once they get over, or once they, they merge the competitions, the New Zealand teams tend to come out on top. They're, they're fairly dominant, but it feels like this year there's a, a bit of ground being made by the Aussie teams. Yeah, there is. I think there's, they're more settled, the, the teams. Um, probably a lot of getting over the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of people going overseas, but the Australian teams, I think the rules, the new the new rule changes have helped uh, as well. I think that's probably why it's been a bit more entertaining this year. Not as many stoppages because uh, the TMO staying out of it. I think as well with the new laws in um, 
or with referees being so strict with how high you can tackle at the moment, there's less line speed in the game. So now there's just a little bit more space, especially for guys like Jordi Pataia out there. Like he's either playing 13 or 15, he's roaming and he's finding himself in more space as opposed to getting shut off from outside in. Um, we'll see how we go though. It's still pretty early. Uh, I just still feel like there's there's a generation of, uh, of, of both teams not knowing how to tour pop properly at the moment. Whereas I guess when I was playing before, you toured to South Africa, Argentina and Japan. I still think um, once the Australian teams go over to New Zealand, uh, that's going to be the real test. That's a good point. That's a good point. Now, uh, switching codes now from rugby to rugby league and in the Queensland Cup, round one kicked off on the weekend with the Western Clydesdales returning to the competition after a long absence. They took on the PNG Hunters. It was in Toowoomba and the Hunters managed to get their season off to a good start with a 20 points to 10 victory. So uh, good work there for the Hunters. Good to see the Clydesdales back, but as usual, we'll keep track of the Hunters as they progress through the year. And now over to the NRL, which moved into round two. There's been some really good uh, rugby league played over the first two weeks of the competition. The Eels hosted the Sharks way back on Friday night, and the Eels lost their opening match of the season, so they were desperate to get a win in front of a home crowd. It was a really entertaining game, uh, once again, end-to-end. The Sharks managed to win 30 points to 26. Ronaldo Molotalo, who's an entertainment machine, uh, he scored a try and went like this. 20 out from the Eels line in centre field. Last tackle, Cronulla Sutherland. Comes left to Moylan. Cross-field kick, Molotalo against Simonson. I want to be on Ronaldo. And he flies high and comes down with it. Molotalo, a spectacular catch. Well caught by Andrew Moore. I want to be on Molotalo. <laughs> Molotalo. Yeah, it was a great kick, that crossfield kick. And uh, he had a strong game, Renato Molotalo. Uh, Britton Nicola, he scored a try as well. He's proven to be one of the best edge running back rowers in the game. And he was uh, great for the Sharks. He also had some really good performers too. Regan Campbell-Gillard was up towards 200 metres running. Mike Sivo scored two tries himself, the big Fijian. Um, he's always good at, at uh, Western Sydney Stadium. Uh, Mitch Moses, their halfback, he's got a lot of attention around him at the moment. He still st- turned in a real strong performance. So great game of football, one to highlight. The other one that I want to mention is the new kids on the block, the Dolphins. They roll on, fins up, as they're saying, <laughs> up in Redcliffe. 20 points to 14 over the Raiders, who, look, the Raiders don't have um, a lot of backing this year going in. They've got a great coach and um, they've got some quality players, but there hasn't been a lot of um, noise made about the way they're going. So it was always going to be a tough road trip for the Raiders heading up. They played at, um, at Redcliffe, um, which is not going to get a lot of games there this year, not a lot of home games. There's a bit of a mixture between that and Lang Park, but um, the Dolphins, yeah, they continue to play some some really entertaining football, um, and and a, a win like that at your first home game. Again, you talk about uh, the drill playing at home and, and the you know the emotion and the support they get. The the Dolphins have quickly gathered a good fan base, uh, and that that win for them was something that they'll be very very pleased with. Of course, one of their big signings uh, for the offseason was Hamaso Tabuai Fado. Uh, he managed to cross the line twice, and this was his second try. The Dolphins skipper is stopped. Two metres from the league club in goal. 14 all the score to the left, Katoa at the line. Second man, Hammer. Tabuai put through a hole and into the end goal to score. The Dolphins lead at home at Redcliffe. Great call by Q, Quinton Hull up there at um, at Redcliffe. And uh, yeah, it's great to see a new team doing well. Yeah, I'm a bit biased here. That was my little cousin, Isaiah Cartola there. Oh, yes. I'm feeding him, you know, that, that pill there so he can go over the big hammer. Um, what's your thoughts on someone like Isaiah coming through 
you know, 19 years of age. He's not overplaying. For me, he's not overplaying his hand, but he's got some nice subtle touches at the moment in his first two games. Well, there's a reason why they went looking for him right from Penrith. He, he was uh, well regarded coming through. Penrith weren't happy with with, with him signing with the Dolphins. <laughs> We've seen what happened last year when he got. Yeah, Penrith's happy with any teams. The players have been rated, but um, <laughs> look, he's holding out a, a world class five eight in uh, Anthony Milford at the moment. So it's, I, I think it's it's great to see him get that opportunity. Sean O'Sullivan's. I think at the moment we've got a lockdown on number seven. Uh, so it's going to be Isaiah's position to hold, I think. And um, yeah, I, I love that a young kid is out there in the halves, you know, directing players around him and coming up with big plays like that. So What, what about, um, obviously, Wayne Bennett? He didn't get his marquee signing, but do you think that's been a, a blessing in disguise because there's no focus on one person, but they've recruited some you know, from all the top four teams, do you think that's balanced out the team to be able to grind out these type of wins? It's a, it's a good point because it, that was a lot of the, the talk in the preseason was the fact they weren't able to land their superstar or their megastar. You know, there was a number of guys that they were chasing, Cameron Munster, Brendan Smith uh, and the like. And, um, you know, they, they miss out on those guys, but they start building a team full of guys that are good players, experienced players with some younger guys that are up and comers. And yeah, it's probably, it's probably spread, spread the responsibility a little bit and help them to fly under the radar to start the season. Yeah. I, I, I happy to wear egg on my face that I tipped them as wooden spooners a couple of weeks ago. Um, and if they continue to win, I'll be um, egg on my face for the rest oh, of the I've year. Tipped them, I've tipped against them both times. Sorry, Isaiah, <laughs> but um, I know you're a big listener of the show. <laughs> Well, that wraps up Rugby League. Don't forget you can catch all of our games on Radio Australia. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? Yes, it's Talanoa time. And this week, we're very lucky to be joined by Ratsu Leone, Ratsu Solia. He is player with the Fiji and Drua, and he is joining us after a pretty good win on the weekend. Ratsu, thanks for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Hey guys, yeah, um, still stoked from the weekend. Uh, thanks for having me on uh, on the show. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good. We'll get into the, the victory from the weekend soon. But first, uh, obviously, we, we, we go out to the, the audience of the Pacific. I'm sure many of your brothers and sisters back in Fiji would love to get to know a little bit about yourself. So if you want to share with our listeners a little bit about you and where you're from. Uh, so uh, I was born in Fiji, moved to England at a young age, then moved, made the move to Oz, all started up in Cairns, North Queensland. Uh, just playing a bit of league and um, tried out for a regional team called Far North Queensland. Made uh, you know, made stateside, you know, the the usual. Then um, decided to play for Fiji under twenties. Then uh, in 2016, got spotted by one of our coaches, Rob Taylor, to come play for the great Sydney University Club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> played a played a few uh, played a Colts first Colts that year. Did very good. Uh, then the year after, made my first grade debut and just took it out with uni and uh, had a brick of luck when um, the drill reached out to me in 2021. So here I am now, just enjoying it. Nice, bro. It's me, Waxy, here, man. Like, um, obviously, moving down from, from Cairns, did you move with the family or did um, did you move into the, the house there at Sydney Uni? Oh, so... Uh, I moved down by myself. Uh, uni sort of just gave me a, uh, a share home. So he just organised my share home. And then I was staying out in uh, Hurstville at the time. And uh, oh, it was a bit of a train ride there and back. Right. So you mentioned that you, you moved from Fiji at a young age and you grew up in North Queensland. You moved down to Sydney. I'm interested to know that in that move, did you still um, get an opportunity to, to remain in touch with your Fijian side and, and learn about your, your own culture? 
Yeah, uh, lucky for me that um, mum and dad both uh, speak Fijian at home. Uh, they did keep me with, uh, they did keep me in touch with like, uh, you know, like what, what we can do, what we can't do. Uh, they, they, um, they just told me all, you know, all the simple stuff that I need to learn about my culture. And, it, and I still, I still have it with me today. Uh, very blessed to have it. Um, and yeah, uh, they still surprised me with a few uh, aunties and uncles that I've never met. They just <laughs> I bet you have more now <laughs> since playing for the Drua, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> no, mate, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, it's very blessed uh, that my parents um, told me that, yeah. What about, um, you know, obviously moving down, did you get homesick at all? And, and how did sort of Sydney Uni or how did you adapt to that lifestyle, I guess, when you did get homesick? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've actually got homesick. Eh? Um, probably at a young age, we were, because we were up in Cairns, we were always traveling to like uh, Mackay or like Brisbane just for footy. And then I just got used to it. So I moved down by myself. Uh, it also helped, you know, my parents taught me how to be independent so yeah uh, learn how to cook and clean and do my own laundry uh so when i was staying at uni uh, i moved down with my cousin uh we were, we've been like everywhere together but yeah since we had him it was just us two and it was just very easy to um to get along and and i think uni did help a lot a lot of the a lot of the boys the first the first training session or the first couple of months i was there they all they were saying oh mate you need a lift uh you okay for food or you need a lift back home or where do you work so yeah, they, they looked after me very well. It's good to have that that network of support when you when you do move from home, particularly when you move away from your family. I, I want to go back to you mentioned you played a bit of league when you were younger, and I'm a leaguey myself, yeah. obviously. So yeah. I always have these battles with Sarah when she's in the studio around which is better, <laughs> league or union. Uh, from your perspective, what's what's the difference, I suppose, that you found between both codes? Oh, uh, yeah. So I was going to sound bad for some of the other boys, but I reckon league's just entertaining to watch. Eh? I love rugby union just because of the contact. But league is just um Come on, bro. You just, just had, you, you were just part of one of the biggest upsets in Super Rugby history. Yeah. That that game is far more entertaining than any sort of league game I've seen. That just oh, you, you except the 05 the grand 20... final with, with Hala. That's that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> nah, twenty fifteen Cowboys. Oh, true, true, one. true. <laughs> nah, just uh, I don't know. Just, league was just one of the first games. Our first you know, type of footy that I played, and I was playing a, uh, I was playing centre and second row. I have a couple of funny photos of fourteens. You wouldn't believe it, but I think I was way taller than everyone back in the fourteens. It looked pretty uh, unfair at the time, but it was very good. Bro, so obviously you've you've then made the the switch. Like, did you feel like you were more suited to to rugby union, given the height and size that you are, because you are a big man. But, uh, I think it was just, um, I probably love the, the contact in a way, I'd say. There's like the scrums and the lineouts, and then uh, the free hits at the rack is probably what I love more, than, like the most. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say this, the switch, yeah, the switch was very easy until I uh, learned the second, second row, eh? I didn't know that. What, what about jumping? Was, did, how, how did you find that, like coming over for the first time, jumping in the lineouts? Well, I actually found it very, I actually found it very easy, to be honest. Uh, like uh, I thought, I thought it'd be scary at first, but and I had my dad there. He basically, just said, "Just jump," and I was like, oh, "Freak!" Just trusted what he said. But no, it was, it was very easy after a while. What about for the lifters? Was it easy? Yeah, a few kilos lighter, but it was easier. 
Well, bro, take us back. We've mentioned a couple of times about the big win on the weekend against the Crusaders. Uh, firstly, what was the experience like um, to, to be there uh, in front of a, a huge crowd at home and, and get the get the job done that way? Oh, yeah, for us, uh, for us as boys, like you know, we played the Crusaders last year, didn't really end that way, and uh, we knew that this year we sort of just had to believe, you know, uh, like, and that's what we did. We believed that we were gonna. We're going to win against Crusaders, especially at home, uh, and especially like a crowd in Lotoka. We knew that we had a, you know, this is our home, we had to defend it. And we knew the crowd was, you know, like like we were, we were saying, we were playing with like 16 people on the field, 15 on the field, and the crowd is the 16th man. But yeah, it was so good to have the crowd alongside us. And it was so good to play in the heat rather than the cold. So that worked in our favour. <laughs> Obviously, those conditions were tough um, being out there and just watching the game. How was it preparation? Does that get spoken about when you're playing against a side like the Crusaders? That like the advantage is the, our crowd and the and the heat. Oh yeah, like uh, it also helps. It also uh, was a big help with uh, our coaching staff. Basically, um, when there was one guy uh, who started off, uh, so we started off our, our session in the morning with uh, Lotu, and then on uh, on a Monday, a guy called uh, a, a halfback called Penny Matawalu. Basically, said a, a barber verse called uh, just about uh, us believing, and then and then basically from that Monday onwards, like uh, the the energy in the camp, or you could see the fire in everyone's eyes. It was just you know it was up there. Like we came in knowing that we were gonna we were gonna win this game, and then to do it and you know to get the outcome was like was everything. Now, what what about this week moving forward? You, I think you're playing the Reds this week, so obviously yeah. a, another strong side. They've had a, a bit of an up-and-down season, but a really big win in there as well. So uh, what are you expecting this week? Well, this week, the oh, yeah, Reds, yeah, they're, yeah, they, were, they were top of the table for their that rug, uh, Super Rugby AU. Uh, we knew they are going to come strong in the forwards. They're very good at playing. Uh, just, you know, playing like uh, tip balls and all that. We knew uh, we are expecting... To just meet them up front, just to muscle up. Same thing as uh, I guess against the Crusaders. Um, basically, just you know, we they got star players. We we know they are star players, but yeah, we just come in this into this game, saying they're just you know they're just uh, ordinary people like us. We just muscle up and we'll get our backs to do the do the rest. What about your own performance at the moment? You've started all three games. You and um, Nasila Silla. Uh, are forming a nice combination there in the second row. How have you guys been coping from last year to this year? Because you seem like different players, like being more consistent. But what's been the biggest change for yourself in in being having that consistent performance? Um, I think it just all comes down to um, like me and me and Asua. We basically just talk to each other on the field, and I think that, like we have that chemistry of like I don't know. It's like you just you can just um, click with uh, with ice like. Uh, you know he's gonna be on your inside, like you know, you know he's gonna do he's gonna make that tackle. And I think for comparing from last year, uh well last year it was the first time we met. Uh we did play against each other back in the shoot shield, but we uh I don't know, we just clicked. And then coming from that year last year, playing with each other, sort of knowing how each other plays, and then going to the into the flying Fijians and then you know, still being with each other. And then we sort of just brought uh that level of um you know, the knowledge that we just learned from the flying into the drawer and sort of just driving it more this year. We came into this year saying, like, you know, I want to win more games. I want to be more direct in this. And we we're just feeding off each other's ideas. But it helps, helps with our, 
being with a guy like Ice. Yeah, nice, bro. Nice. So it sounds like things are on the right track, at least. Anyway, obviously, being a new franchise into a competition um, is always difficult, but second you're in, you're getting a feel for things and getting a feel for each other. So it's good to hear that that's happening. Yeah. I just got one, one last question before we have a bit of fun, and, and that's do you have any advice for young athletes? Obviously, there's going to be a lot of young kids that listen. Uh, that, that may be thinking about playing rugby or that may have a similar background to yourself and, and want to follow the same footsteps? Yeah. Uh, basically, I, I, one thing I told myself is uh, basically just don't get too comfortable. You could, you could go for a goal, but then after you hit that goal, try to hit another goal. And then basically, just, you just got to keep going. Uh, I know it's like, you know, it's cliche, everyone says it, says it, but you just got to keep yourself going. You got to motivate yourself to do all. It's like the small things that, that really help you out. And I'd say uh, be different or unique from from everyone else. Like, you know, you have your own playing style and I'll say perfect it. Like, yeah, you don't want to be like everyone else. And then if you like the way that you're playing, like everyone likes the way you're playing, just keep going. It's good advice, man. Just, yeah. yeah, nice. I like it. I like it. All right, so as I said, uh, we do have a bit of fun to finish things off with, and it's a game we call Tip On. It's basically 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions. I just want you to say the first thing that comes in your mind. Are you ready to go? <laughs> we'll do. All right. What have you been binging? KFC. <laughs> what is your coffee Secret order? Winning. <laughs> what is your coffee uh, order? No coffee, uh, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, yep. Yeah. Uh, who is your most annoying teammate? Oh, um... Ooh. Uh, Mr. Bolokoto. Who is your sporting hero? Oh, I've got to go with uh, Jerry Collins. Uh, do you fold or do you scrunch? Uh, fold. <laughs> what would be your wrestler entrance song? Um, I'm Coming Home by PDD. What was your favourite movie as a kid? Oh, uh, probably uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> who in your team is always on their phone? Uh, Jake Tamani. Uh, something you would eat for a month straight? Oh, uh, pasta. Uh, which teammate has the worst fashion sense? Tony uh, Kuroi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. You did well there. You got to throw some friends, uh, some of your teammates under the bus, um, but you yeah. answered them well. <laughs> Well, Ratu, thanks very much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific. We wish you all the best for the uh, the remainder of the Super Rugby Pacific season and particularly this week against the Reds. Good luck, bro. I'll catch thanks you later, Fiji. Guys. Cheers, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you soon. Thanks, guys. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? time for the part of the show that Sarah and I really like and we always talk about it being uh, the perspective of a current athlete or a former athlete but in this instance we've got two former athletes Sammy yourself and me Um, you can ask that it's a question about what it is like to be in the world of sport and this week the question comes from Isaiah in North Brisbane and it's around uh, a story that surfaced this week a South African bowler by the name of Keshav Maharaj he was celebrating a wicket uh, in one of their recent matches, and he's uh, ruptured his Achilles tendon. <laughs> that's Which, a long injury, too. Yeah, yeah, that's bad, right? Achilles <laughs> yes. tendon is like one of the worst you can get. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it, so the question that as I asked, have we ever injured ourselves while celebrating um, anything really like in, in in the world of sport? And yeah, Sammy, can you recall over celebrating to the point where you hurt yourself? Oh man, I didn't really have much to celebrate during uh, my career. Mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was either uh, you're getting dropped or uh, we've lost. But uh, what about? Can you remember anyone? I, I can. Yeah. I, I can remember a moment. It was actually when Scotland beat the Wallabies up in Newcastle. Uh, maybe it was like 2012. Torrential rain, like bucking down, and Scotland, um, Scotland came out and won that game at the at the death. And two of the players jumped over each, like in the huddle, you know, when they all huddle up yeah, in the middle, yeah. and one's come from one side, the other's come from the other, and they've come, they've headbutted in the middle, split them open, uh, and then they're just there laughing with blood running down their face, <laughs> and the doc's trying to stitch them up at full time. So, um, yeah, that's one of the ones that I've seen. Oh, no good, no good. I, it, I've got a similar one in mind, and this is so I haven't had any that I can remember where I've hurt myself celebrating. Again, I didn't have a lot to celebrate about. Uh, there wasn't, <laughs> no, there wasn't many tries that I scored, or you know. There's games that I won that I celebrated, yes, but never hurt myself. Anyway, the, um, the one that springs to mind, Aaron Woods in State of Origin, there was a try score by New South Wales. Woodsy was playing for the Blues. And same thing, they're celebrating in a huddle after the, the try. Woodsy comes running along to jump on the huddle to celebrate. He goes straight past the huddle, like arm in the air, like Superman, misses the huddle completely and lands on the ground. Now, he didn't hurt himself, but he was turned into a meme straight away uh, and it just – Flying woodsies were surfacing everywhere after that one, so it's pretty pretty embarrassing for the big man. I'm actually surprised no one actually gets like injured more often. Yeah, like, yeah. like the way you jump. Like when I've seen Jerome Luai jump on top yeah, of the, yeah. pad, I mean, he gets some height. Just in a straight elbow, just in a or something. straight something, and then yeah. even just coming back down. You know when you can just land on someone's foot, yeah. roll your ankle. I guess all those things, but when you when you're winning, I guess it's all in your favour. The energy doesn't allow you to get. <laughs> there was there's one that I remember from a few years ago in golf, and I'm a bit of a golf nut, as Nelly knows. I'm not sure if you enjoyed the game of golf, Sammy, but um, it's a frustrating game. The Masters, Tony Finau, who, who you may have heard of, he's uh, one of the Pacifica brothers on tour. One of the very few that are on tour in the yep. PJ in the US. He Tom was and man. He is, and he was um, playing in a uh, a pre Masters. Um, tournament, which is like a par three tournament, he hits a hole in one in this tournament, right? And there's like everyone's going nuts, and he starts running backwards down the fairway to celebrate his hole in one. He trips and rolls his ankle and dislocates it on the run backwards. No, yeah, and it was really bad. Like you could see the the slow motion replay. You could see him roll on the outside of his left foot from memory, ankle dislocated, hits the deck. He rolls over and pops his ankle back into place. That gets up and starts limping off. One hand in the air, waving still to celebrate, but <laughs> he ended up strapping it up and playing the Masters tournament with with his ankle busted. So I think he'd done some ligament damage. He got away without any breaks, but one of the worst celebrations at one of the best moments, a hole in one for any golfer, is pretty. But awesome. that's how you know he's tonging as well. Like that's that's one of those moments where he's probably thinking, you know, when I was a kid, I was hurt. That didn't you go <laughs> get back up and go get back again. up, pops it in himself. Holy! <laughs> well, Isaiah, hopefully, hopefully we've uh, answered your question with some other stories. But um, if anyone else of our listeners has a question, you can shoot it through to us on Instagram. I'm at Dean Hallertow, and Sam, do you have an Instagram? Yeah, at Sam Wikes Four. At Sam Wikes Four. So shoot it through to Sammy, and of course, you can send it to Sarah. She'll send it through to us too. Her inbox Sammy. is really full. She doesn't even oh, get back to you. Doesn't, yeah, long, doesn't reply back. Long list of messages. <laughs> okay. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. Here with Sam and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around. We'll spotlight our favourite socials. We'll tackle some tough headlines in the ruck. But up next, we chat with our man on the ground, Peter Pasol. Joining us uh, this week in Island Life, we have Peter Pasol, who's our man on the ground in Port Moresby over in PNG. Uh, and he always brings us some great stories from the ground and, and what's happening in PNG sport. Peter, thanks for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Hey, thank you, Dean. Thank you for having me. Uh, Sam, Manel, 
good to be on the show. Mate, just on, um, I guess, a bit of sport, obviously you're covering a fair bit at the moment. We saw on that Pacific Sports Show four PNG players getting invited to train with the Dolphins. Is there anything uh, eventuated from that at the moment? The four players that uh, went over, that's Emmanuel Weiner, Judah Rimbu, Sherwin Tanabe, um, he's the fourth guy, kind of, oh, Roderick Tai, yeah. So three of them were involved in the Kumuls in the World Cup, and uh, one left mid-camp, uh, left the Dolphins camp and went over to the UK to join, I think it was the London Broncos, that's Emmanuel Weiner. And the other three stayed on for the full uh, preseason and uh, played a couple of trials, uh, but then they've, they've come back up to the Hunters uh, for the Q Cup. Uh, good experience for all of them, I'm sure. I, I guess so, uh, switching our attention to the Hunters, that they, they managed to get a win to kick their season off against uh, the Western Clydesdales, who are returning to the Queensland Cup after a 17-year absence. It was um, nice to see the Hunters, I guess, sitting unbeaten so far after one round of football. Yeah, similar start to last year. Uh, won the first game, and then the season uh, went a bit pressured for for the Hunters after that. But the positive is we got that one out, first one out of the way. Uh, a couple of tries there from, I think, Brendan Nima. He's been in the Hunters setup for a while now. And uh, I think uh, despite losing a lot of players over the season, a lot of key players, a lot of experience, the team still managed to uh, do the right stuff at the right parts of the game. And Coach Sterling Tepper, new coach, and gets, a, gets his first win as head coach. So great start. But we'll see how it goes from here on. No doubt, uh, but yeah, definitely a good start for them. What else, Peter, is on the calendar? I know that the PNG Games and the Pacific Games are upcoming big uh, events, but um, yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on on, on those themselves and, and others that are happening this year? Okay, so the PNG Games is the biggest uh, sporting event, multi-sport event in the country. It takes place every three years. However, it hasn't been held, for, I think, uh, five years. Now. It's, been, it's been deferred twice. Uh, Part of the reason is the um, COVID-19 situation, and then there was also the general elections that took place at the end of last year, or middle of last year. Uh, so they're hoping to get it done this year, uh, mid-year, around June. That'll be dependent, dependent on funding. That's the biggest uh, uh, problem here. And then uh, also the venue has changed. It was initially supposed to be held up in uh, the Southern Highlands province, which is right up there in the Highlands in the middle, middle of the country. Uh, but the venues have, have not been uh, completely um, done up yet, so they've moved it to Port Mosley, which already has venues. Uh, the only situation is that uh, some of the venues were used during the elections, so it took a little bit of damage and they need to be fixed up for the games. Also, they've uh, made the games a little smaller, so there's far fewer sports. I think there's only about 11 sports that will be played from the normal uh, 20 plus. But the main thing is they need to have these games uh, done and dusted so they can really move on with our sporting calendar. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on PNG cricket at the moment? We've got the men's, the Barramundi's team and the, and the, and the women's, uh, the Lures. We had uh, that story on that Pacific sports show and um, it was pretty inspirational. I didn't realise how good actually the women's team was and, and they were inspired by the great Shane Warne and, and how they like to you know, throw in a couple of wrong-ins um, down. But can you give us a bit of a rundown on how, how the cricket's going over there? Yeah, wrong-ins. Um, well... <laughs> The Lewis are the number, the number one team or the number two team, top two team in uh, the Pacific. I think at the last Pacific Games, uh, we got shot by Samoa uh, for the gold medal in the gold medal playoff. Uh, but it, at this event, uh, this tournament, it's a T20 tournament in Fiji. It's for ICC ranking points as well. So it's pretty important. And uh, the Lewis have won their first three games. They've beaten Samoa in the first match, took care of, I think, uh, Fiji in the second match. And I think Cook Islands was the third team that. Um, the levels beat, so they're doing fine. Some of the 
players have also spent time in Australia attached to clubs and local competitions, I think in Queensland uh, and even Western Australia. So that experience has put them in good stead. And uh, I think the quality has come through. The, the, the coach, Kath Happenstall, has really uh, got her, her team uh, playing really well. Some really good cricket. So uh, looks good for the Pacific Games uh, at the end of the year. Uh, maybe we can pick up that gold medal uh, in the women's cricket and also uh, for the rankings for the lowest. So, Hopefully we can make, crack the top 10 and uh, make a world cup or at least uh, get into bigger tournaments uh, with teams that are rated uh, above us. Peter, talking about Pacific Games, uh, they'll be taking place later in the year in Honiara uh, in the Solomon Islands. Uh, you've got some some strong hopes in, in athletics and, and bringing home some medals? Yeah, athletics has traditionally been uh, one of PNG's strong suits at Pacific Games and uh, uh, will be relied, relied on uh, to get us quite a few medals. We used to be good in swimming at, at one point. Um, we could match it with the New Caledonians, with Ryan P when he was uh, at, at the helm for swimming, but well, he's retired. So uh, we've, got, we've got a few young ones coming through, but swimming will not be uh, that medal earner it was for us at previous games. So I guess athletics and a few other team sports are going to have to pick up the slack. But boxing, we're pretty good at boxing. Um, if they have rugby league nines, so We'll try and get some medals in that, but I think Pacific Rugby League has really improved in the last few years, uh, especially with the, the World Cup last year, really uh, driving up interest. So I'm expecting a lot of uh, better teams, or at least teams with uh, players that are more competitive in in that regard. And then we've got the other the other sports like soccer, which is what we're normally pretty good at. Uh, basketball is also another sport that PG used to be good at, and uh, we're working our way back to uh, medal contention. And then we have uh, tennis, which is uh, something that we we actually hit pretty well above our weight for that sport. So all in all, the main aim for this Pacific Games for Team PNG is, is to do something we haven't done before, which is to finish on top at an away game. So every time it's been hosted in PNG, we've uh, either won it or finished in the top three. So hopefully we can uh, finish on top. I'm not sure the New Caledonians might have something to say about that, as well as um, they've got teams, uh, development teams, I think, I believe for Australia and New Zealand who will also be competing. So that'll make it even more more competitive and a bit harder to uh, get medals. But fingers crossed, Honiara is the games that we achieve that away goal. Well, we'll, we'll definitely um, be watching. I know it's at the end of the year, so a lot of preparation time um, for PNG athletes to, to get ready for that. And um, Peter, it's been great to, to catch up and to hear about what's coming up in the world of sport in PNG. We look forward to catching up more throughout the year. Thanks, Dean. Thank you, uh, Ranel and uh, Sam. Thanks, Thank Pete. You. Cheers, mate. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Now, I feel like this isn't a strength of either of ours, Sammy, social media. Uh, I'm always leaning on Sarah because she's a social media guru. A she lives on there, yeah. She's a queen. Um, but what has taken your eye on the socials this week? Well, keeping with the uh, theme of the drawer getting the victory. Um, one of the things that I love since they've been brought into the into the competition, them and Wider Pacific, but spe- specifically the draw this week, uh, was when they sing after the game. You know, even though the Crusaders lost, I reckon it'd be hard to get into that huddle, <laughs> but uh, they brought them all in and I thought they sung a beautiful hymn um, and that's what they've been doing lately. So that's what caught my eye this week on social media. <laughs> Awesome. 
Where can our listeners find that? Is that on the Super Rugby website or is it on the on the Draw website? So it's a bit of a clip of the whole five minutes. This is this is our social media on the website. No, it's on Instagram. (laughs) Old school. Come on, website on the net. (laughs) www.fijiandraw.com. Well, I've gone to league for my for my social, and I found it on the um, NRL Roast website, which dishes up some funny content from uh, uh, throughout the season. Uh, but this one is actually a repost, and it's a podcast called The Cast Patrol. They um, found an interview, or they, they they tracked an interview that Jesse Bromwich had done post match last week, and they said uh, drinking game, sports drinks, of course. Uh, have to have a drink every time that Jesse says the word "really" in his post match interview. <laughs> Listen to Jesse's post match get a sense really but you know he's been he's been really good for the club he's really come up here and taken that leadership role up here in Melbourne he was a bit more quiet you know up here he's really come out of his shell and he's really enjoying himself and really getting around the boys so I think he might be in for a bit of a, a big year you know he's been really aggressive at training and really leading the way so you know it's a really good standard for him he's really leading the way we've got some very really, really good back rowers and um, you know they really look up and look up to them so he really set the tone tonight yeah they're awesome they really you know, really turned up the numbers today and it was a really big week, really emotional week for the club and today was a really big day and they really, you know, really made the atmosphere for, for a big day and it was really good. <laughs> did you count, Sammy? How many did you get? <laughs> I lost after after seven. Tw- 21, 21 was 21. the fi- final count that uh, Jesse brought. He was actually talking about um, Felice Kafusi, their uh, back row. He's had a, he had an awesome game in round one. That was after the Roosters match. But um, Have you ever been stitched up like that in an interview to be able to say... No, a I haven't. Word, I've, I've, use a word heard, in commentary. Yeah, you, using a word is yeah, one that, yeah. that's popped up before. I know on the ABC Grandstand team for rugby league coverage, um, Ruan Sims, she tries to get in a big word yep. in the calls. And, and also John Gibbs, he um, he loves using big words. So they kind of, between them, have developed like a dictionary of ABC Grandstand. That's unreal. So. I used the word overzealous one time. Overzealous? Yeah, he was yeah. a bit overzealous at the ruck. And, I like that. Oh, I'm going to write, know, write, write that down for this weekend. <laughs> Don't ask me to spell it though. In the ruck, tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? Tough headlines. We'll start this week uh, with the 15-man code, World Rugby. Uh, there's been a bit of movement in terms of tackle heights and, and, and international laws. or uh, they're, they're wanting to lower the tackle height uh, in their game uh, by way of rules. And uh, they, they toyed with this idea a few months back. Australia is obviously a big part of World Rugby, and they've said that they want to work with World Rugby in lowering the height. And, and I believe now it's going to be around the sternum is is where they're looking to bring it down to the sternum and below. Um, yeah, I guess, Sammy, you're, you're in rugby, and, and what are your thoughts initially on, on these changes? Well, so there was a lot of backlash when it uh, when they said it was going to be waist height at the moment, and then you had guys like Sonny Bill just saying, oh, I can come back and play because I can get my offload back in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Yeah, very interesting. Obviously, with around concussions and stuff that's happening at the moment, they're trying to keep the game safer. Um, I think no matter which way you look at it, it's uh, it's going to be a tough way because I, I guess you're trying to aim around that sternum height anyway. Uh, sometimes it does slip up. Uh, I feel like where Super Rugby is at the moment, it's around line speed. When you're defending outside shoulder in, there were people just flying up aimlessly and they just couldn't hold their feet. So any bit of late footwork was just given a lazy arm or, or they were staying upright in the tackle and, and there was a head clash um, or just putting their head in the wrong place too when they were going low. So I feel like by them um, sort of taking the line speed out a little bit, it, it probably will come back to that natural height of the sternum hitting there. That's just only my personal opinion. And it's one of those ones where I just, I just don't know how it can be 
at least a lot. Like it's it's a tough like vision for the ref, you know, to be able to monitor that because he's going, oh, did he slip up above the shoulder? Like there's, there's this sort of gray area there. Yeah. Whereas with the shoulder height, it's close to the head. So you could sort of say, oh, no, it was way too high to the head. But now the sternum, like, how, how do you do that? Like if the ball carrier's got it up a little bit higher, oh, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's going to be um, – you're right, it would be a diff- – I didn't really consider the referees and, and how they would police it. Um, it's definitely going to be be tough for them to do that. And, and also what you mentioned there about, like, the speed at which the incidents, like, any sort of head injuries may occur, like, that's something that you kind of see across all collision sports when there is high velocity, high speed and uh, change of direction. We know that athletes are getting better and better in terms of their performance levels and um, the rate at which they play the game. So when, when that happens, there's, there's going to be collisions that perhaps will, will – get into an area where it's, you know, play, play safety is a concern in terms of head contact. Um, so it happens across all collision sports. Um, I know that the that World Rugby based a lot of their uh, their work and their research around making these changes uh, was was really data driven. So that they gathered a lot of data over a long period of time to come up with where the safest areas were to tackle, um, and, and in terms of low risk. So it's not based on a, like a, a guess or, or or someone sitting around and just going, hey, this is a good idea, let's just change the tackle height. It's based on on research and data and numbers, but when you change something, there's going to be a byproduct. Things will change. So exactly. Yeah. I, I guess we'll wait and see. About as long what as happens. they have. Um like open conversations like it's a conversation like you know as long as like with world rugby they they're getting defensive coaches in and saying this is the data that we've seen then you got defensive coaches will ask him questions around it um so then they have a more informed decision to be able to make it safer yeah that's a good point it, a, a collaborative effort on, on getting it right now over to my code the rugby, uh, in rugby league I should say and last weekend in uh, round two the Rabbitohs took on Penrith at the foot of the mountains there out at Penrith and Latrell Mitchell was involved in a, a nasty incident as he was leaving the field a young fan had leaned over the fence um, well I, I don't think you can call him a fan with the behaviour that they displayed but um, racially vilified Latrell as he was walking up the tunnel it was heard by a number of his teammates and by a number of witnesses around um, really ugly incident uh, for the game and uh, we've got some audio from the coach of the South Sydney Rabbitohs Jason Demetri and his thoughts on the incident. It's not what our part of our game's about, and we have to stamp it out completely. Life bans. Anyone wants to make racial abuse, and get, get them out of the game. We don't want their support. It's got to end. I mean, you should be able to come here as a star of our game and not be racially abused. Who cares what colour he is? It's just not on. We understand how that happens in our, in our day and age. This is not something that Latrell just cops on the footy field. This is something that he's had to deal with his whole life. All the Indigenous people do. Like, it's just... I just don't... I can't get my head around it, to be honest. I don't understand how in Australia anyone's raised like that. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Pretty passionate response from the coach. Uh, as it should be. Um, he's 100% right. I think even Jonathan Thurston was talking about, um, you know, obviously education is the way and he was hurt by those words because they said Indigenous athletes especially have uh, copped a fair bit of abuse. But it is sad. Like it, we're still talking about it and it's, it's, it's hard to fathom as well um, that how multicultural our society is here in Australia that it still happens. Like, um, I don't know, what's your thoughts on it? I couldn't agree more. It's um, it's a head scratcher as to how this is still around. Like, we feel like we've, you hear something like that from the weekend, you feel like you're 20 or 30 years ago, um, you know, where attitudes were much different uh, and people were less educated and, and these sorts of things didn't happen. So, um, you know, I, I know that the, the club themselves, the two clubs themselves, I should say, South Sydney Rabbitohs and Penrith Panthers, they did all they could to find the, the person responsible and, and they're taking action from there and the NRL supporting um, that as well and also taking their own action. So it's uh, you know an effort from everyone to make sure that we, we don't 
stand for it. We don't, we don't allow it in the game. It's multicultural around this week in the NRL. So timing wise, it couldn't be any worse um, from that, from that young fan. We are a game and, and I know rugby's the same that has many colors and races involved in it. And it's one of the good things we love about sport. It's a, it's a level playing field. It brings everyone together and it highlights that in spite of everyone's differences, whatever they might be, we're, we're all the same at our core and, and, and sport does a really good job at bringing that uh, to the front. So, Look, we'll put that to bed. That's something that'll be yep. taken care of by the, the game and, and the clubs. And um, like Jason said, it's, we, we just can't uh, we can't have it now. A lighter way to finish. We've got um, some talk around expansion in the NRL. Some like we've got the Dolphins, the seventeenth team in the competition. But there's been a bit of whispers around uh, plans to create more teams in the competition, expand further, become a truly national rugby league. And um, there's some some ideas out there that are that have been thrown around around Pacific teams and whatnot. But uh, one of the, the teams that keeps popping up whenever expansions are talked about is uh, the North Sydney Bears, the old the old club that <laughs> – The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies <laughs> have been around for a while. And uh, Billy Moore, one of our ABC Grandstand crew, uh, jumped on with Andrew Moore on the weekend and had this to say. Well, the Bears desperately want to get back into the game, as you said. We've been out for 24 years. And we present a very, very uh, adaptable model to the NRL. We're basically saying we've got very few non-negotiables. We want our colours back, our badge – uh, minimum two games at North Sydney Oval, and we will fund the rest. And basically, we'll be pointed uh, to whatever direction they want us to be in. One thing I do know, gentlemen, is, is 17 teams doesn't work. When Magic Round happens, the Newcastle Knights fans who turn up at, at Magic Round don't get to play. So what I know is 17 teams don't work. They need an 18th team as a solution, and we're offering a pragmatic model, which we are ready to go... Billy Moore, no relation to Andrew Moore, by the way, same spelling. <laughs> uh, thoughts to the North Sydney Bears. Do you, do you remember the Bears running around in the competition? I do. I do remember the Bears. Remember Jason Taylor playing yes, for him? Yeah, yeah. Goal kicking there. Um, who else was there? Mark Graham was one of the players as well. Kiwi, uh, great. Uh, he's in the Hall yep. of Fame. Daryl Halligan, he was uh, at the Bears. Yes, that's right. Yep. Matt Sears. There's Matt a whole, Sears. whole range of players at the Bears. They've got a, Greg Florimo is probably one of their most oh. famous. Gary Larson. Keep, oh, Gary Larson. That's who I was thinking of. Could keep going on forever about some <laughs> of the great players that come to the Bears. But look, it's it's interesting. Like Billy Moore was saying that they'll go anywhere. They'll do anything. There's been like you know even a suggestion that uh, they amalgamate with the Pacific team or the uh, a Pacific team that may enter the comp. So there'll be the the Pacific Bears or something to that effect. Uh, yeah, what look, do you think about that? I, to be honest, you know, with franchise teams, obviously you've played in like the West Tigers. One of the hardest things to do is your identity yep. and, and how you create that and for your fans to really get behind you. I, you know, talking to some of the, the boys that are playing for the minor Pacific and the Drua, that was really easy to create their identity because it was just already embedded in, in the culture there. Yeah, yeah. If you start going North Sydney and then minimum two games, they said two games, like how, how do you build a fan base around – you know, just only playing two games there, Locations, then we might have a game yeah. in Cairns or then we might have a couple of games. How, how do you follow it? I just find it, don't get me wrong, oh, oh, mate, he, he's um, Billy Moore. Jeez, I, I loved him as a, as a kid, you know, in Queensland. There <laughs> we go, everyone knows it. And his voice is iconic in rugby league and you can see he's passionate wants him in, he's desperate, but I just don't know how it would work. Yeah, it, it would be weird, but look, they're open to anything, right? The, the way that he said it there. And I also don't know what kind of bears are in the Pacific. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen any bears? In no, your... only my uncle out there, the big bear. Out there, <laughs> but he, he's huge yeah, yeah, um, yeah. in Tonga. But, um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm not too sure. The big pig bear. I don't know. We've got the koala bear. We've got the koala bear. We've got the pig bear. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> oh, well, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. ABC Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific? 
Sam, thanks for joining us on the show. I look forward to hearing Nisian footy when it uh, when it comes out. Um, I'm sure all of our listeners will enjoy your dulcet tones along with tea as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, I appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me on. And hopefully we can have yourself on at some point as a guest because um, we'd love to hear your thoughts as a, an ex-NRL player, but also someone that's uh, been around and, and knows what they're doing in Unlike Sarah. But no, I'm joking. We'd love to have Sarah on as well at some stage. Awesome, bro. I'd love to. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, but I will be back same time, same place next week alongside Kennedy Charrington. And don't forget, you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. That's all here. Dodoxio. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.